Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and it has been a minute since I've gotten to say those words. We took a little bit of a break in between seasons of The Bachelor. A lot going on at Us Weekly, a lot going on in the news. Thank you, uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Thank you, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, and everyone else who has been providing a lot of content in the middle of seasons of The Bachelor. But we are back, and there is quite literally so much happening in Bachelor Nation, in addition to The Golden Bachelor, which we're going to get into, Bachelor in Paradise, which we're going to touch on. We have Special Forces over on Fox, which Tyler Cameron and Nick Vile are on. They didn't get a lot of screen time in Episode 1, but based on the promos, they are going to be big players in the game. I really like that show. I can't lie. This is not an ad. I thoroughly enjoyed last season and the first episode of this season. For Tara Reid sneaking in cigarettes alone, it is worth a watch. And I hope to have both Tyler and Nick on at some point to maybe recap an episode with me because I think it is quite the treat. We have Katie Thurston over on The CW starting October 16th as one of the leads of F-Boy Island. She's going to be on this show next week talking about her return to reality TV, try to figure out why she shows up in Paradise, what her status is with Blake and all of her exes. We got Clayton Eckerd in a paternity lawsuit with a woman claiming to be pregnant with his twins, saying that they slept together in May and she hadn't slept with anyone else since March, which means it has to be his kid. Him filing court documents saying that they never had sex, getting a paternity test, posting the receipts that he will pay the $700 for the paternity test after she said he wouldn't on his Instagram, anxiously awaiting those test results because when it comes to paternity, one person is going to win that case. And when it comes to whether they had sex, it's it's a yes or no. So anxiously awaiting the results for that. Um, and just I feel like Bachelor Nation is, is delivering. And I want to get into Paradise a little bit. After we talk Paradise briefly, you will hear my interview with Golden Bachelor Gary himself. I got a little bit of time with Gary Turner. It is Gary, even though it's spelled Jerry. I know you heard everyone say his name last night, but it is spelled Jerry, uh, pronounced Gary. And he was so sweet on our Zoom. I can only air some of my chat with him because Us Weekly does have something bigger in the works with Gary that I'm very excited about. Um, But before we jump into that, I do want to talk a little BIP. I'm going to be honest, it wasn't my favorite episode of Bachelor in Paradise, favorite premiere Felt like a lot of setup and a lot of explanation was required. I don't know if it's just because the last couple seasons of The Bachelor haven't been my favorite in general and I'm not quite as invested. I mean, I am because I love this show, doing this podcast very much. Um, But it felt like these were a lot of names that I needed a lot of backstory about. And it's kind of funny because you have someone like Will, 
who at the time when he, you know, th- that jacket was thrown into the water after the Top Gun date on Michelle's season, I'm sure I spent 20 minutes ranting and raving about it and how he reacted and the men and what this means. And now you show me that man and it is like I have never seen him before. Not once in my life. Felt like a lot of people like that on the beach. Um, However, I think it's going to be a good season. I think the promos look good. I think we laid a lot of groundwork. I think we have some interesting players. It just took me a minute to remember who they were and try to wrap my head around who was on my TV screen, even though I've talked to some of them. I've met some of them. We all watched them. I didn't miss an episode of the last however many seasons of The Bachelor Bachelorette. Um, But it was a slow start, in my opinion. Someone I'm very excited about, though, is Rachel Recchia. I think it made a lot of sense to get Rachel back on the show. I'm kind of surprised she did it, but I'm happy she did it. I think it was kind of, it wasn't meant to be funny, but to me funny that she was acting like she didn't know she was going to be the first person on the beach. I'm definitely making this assumption, and I'm not calling Rachel a liar, but maybe a little bit of an actrice. Um, I just have a hard time believing she would agree to go to paradise without guarantee first week first person early time on the beach you're not sending in Rachel too late in the game I know Becca wasn't there right away but I just feel like as a lead it makes sense to negotiate like early entry and she feels like the perfect person to kick off she didn't have much going on this episode she had her Barbie Ken moment uh towards the end but I don't think it's gonna last with those two um based on the promo we do know she ends up kissing Jordan who was on her season who she sent home like the first one-on-one date we obviously you know now we know Avon shows up at the end I cannot wait to see what happens with Rachel and Avon and we'll get to him um but I'm just really excited about Rachel being there she on the other hand wants to meet Brayden which is kind of interesting. Clearly, some of Charity's season had aired because all the girls are talking about Braden's, Braden's earrings. They're talking about his accessories. But I don't think they know the extent of his journey on Charity season. Not that it should matter, because as I said, I feel like throughout Charity season, Braden wasn't one of those villains that was like a horrible person or really doing anything wrong. He kind of just got a bad edit in my opinion um so i'm excited to see what happens if with brayden but rachel named brayden as someone she was interested in which i thought was interesting and then you had brayden name a bunch of girls he was interested in and rachel was not on the list but cat was and then we see cat and him making a connection later cat was someone who really liked his earrings we have brooklyn who can't keep an earring on we have this love triangle obviously with kaylee will and olivia Kaylee comes in strong talking about Avon and how she's posting thirst traps for him. I like that we're admitting that social media is a factor here. It felt like breaking the fourth wall. It felt like the most BIP way to do this, to talk about the thirst traps, to talk about how he sent her a fire emoji. A little bit of a red flag on her part that the fire emoji meant that she was ready to say yes to a proposal, but okay. Very interested to see what happens with those two. Do we think they talked more than just, you know... An Instagram DM fire emoji? Probably. But interesting, she was admitting to posting the thirst traps. I like that a lot. We have Will come in. Obviously, Will and Olivia have a little connection. They're talking about sucking toes. That's a little much for me. Anytime anyone has a a toe fetish, it gives me Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules saying that he wants Brittany, his now wife, to run around the block with no shoes on so then he can suck her toes. I'm sorry. If you didn't know that, if you didn't have that image in your mind ever, 
I apologize, but it did air on Vanderpump Rules over on Bravo. I'm sure you're familiar. And anytime toes come up, that's what I think about. But you know what? We thought these two had a vibe, but obviously Kaylee ends up getting a date card. She asks Will. Olivia's upset about it. It's day one. There's no real rules in paradise. Would Will, who was the one who threw the jacket in the pool on the top, who got his jacket thrown in the pool, if he was smart, he would have absolutely pulled Olivia upside and said, I'm going to go on this date, but I'm glad, you know, we had a great talk on the beach. Nice making out with you. Nice talking about your toes. We can all circle back here. It's day one. You would think if she was reasonable, she would have responded with, thanks for pulling me aside. I hope you have fun on your date. By not doing anything, it's a bad look. I seemingly, it's not just that it didn't air because Olivia's obviously upset about it. It's a good argument that it's day one, but also I think that he should have pulled her aside. Oh, I mean, and I think Kaylee and Avon are going to become the factor anyway, so then Will is going to feel pretty stupid that he maybe pissed off Olivia too early, but that's just my way too early prediction on that. Um, we mentioned Sean and Rachel have a little bit of a, uh, you know, bar- Barbie moment, but Sean is initially into Jess, and he asks her about being a Swifty, which I thought was, it's again one of those things where it's like, okay, we're breaking the wall a little bit. We know things about each other. We watched our show. We maybe went on Instagram. Sean saw she went to the Taylor Swift concert in New York. You'd think maybe she would like that. I kind of feel like it gave her the ick. I think she was uncomfortable with the fact that he knew which Eras tour show she went to. Feels like they might have even cut out him asking, what were your surprise songs? You know, was she a getaway car night girl? Did she get stuck with Welcome to New York on night three? You know, was, was it a good mix with uh, whatever happened night, night two? I was a night one girly. I got getaway car. I got maroon. I was happy about it. Felt like it gave her the ick. I kind of liked that about Jess. I kind of liked that I assumed that Sean gushing over her body glitter and her Taylor Swift would make her swoon, but she got the ick. And she didn't say that, but her face said she got the ick. So I enjoyed that. Blake Moynes is there. Couldn't be more thrilled that Blake Moynes is back on our TV. They're kind of doing him a little dirty with this whole three bachelorettes thing. Claire and Tasha, he didn't choose that to have two bachelorettes. Obviously, he chose to go on Katie's season. Obviously, there was a failed engagement there, which he did mention he was bitter. Didn't work out. And right when I was feeling bad for Blake, though, that they were doing him so dirty with the three bachelorettes, three bachelorettes, Blake, third try, third try, which they said several times. Then I remembered that he did was the only person who really pretended like he fell for both Claire and Tasha. Obviously, you had Claire and Dale run away together. LOL. Looking back at that now. God, those were the days. Um... But he was, like, upset about it. Like, Blake acted like Claire broke his heart when she left. And then when Tasha came in and Tasha kicked him out, he acted upset. And then, obviously, he fell hard and fast for Katie. So, a little bit fair. But also, I feel a little bad for Blake with the three bachelorette stigma. Because, technically, he didn't ask for that. That's all we're going to do with a little BIP. We will definitely be covering it more throughout the season. I think we're going to rotate between Paradise, Golden Bachelor. I'll try to get guests on who are maybe watching both. I'll try to do thoughts on both each week. Next week, we're going to do the Katie Thurston F-Boy Island uh, little chat. But um, we're going to be covering a lot. There's so much happening. But one of the main things happening is obviously the Golden Bachelor. I want you guys to DM me what you thought of the Golden Bachelor because honestly... I thought this was a great episode of television. I had so many thoughts as it was airing. One of them was, I don't know if they can ever do this again, because I think one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's new and it's fresh and it it feels new and fresh. And the fact that it was only an hour was such, such a good call. 
when they were watching these edits, I assumed they they felt like it, it had to only be an hour. I don't know how much content they actually got. But I thought that that helped so much. The pacing felt right. I felt like I got to know enough of the women for a night one situation. It was a good way to introduce the comment, the concept. I thought Gary sh- was a shining star. So cute. I mean, kicking off with that James Taylor song. You get the emotions. It was two minutes of recapping Gary's story. If you didn't know it, his wife, Tony, died. Shortly after they retired to Indiana, they had been high school sweethearts, married for 43 years. You meet his daughters and granddaughters briefly. You're, again, listening to James Taylor. You want to cry. You do cry, probably. I maybe shed a tear. Maybe not. I can't really remember. Um, but it was very emotional. And I love Gary. And I can't wait for you to hear my interview with him in just a second. But I thought he did a great job. And I thought these limo entrances were so ridiculous. Um, I mean, this show literally went from tears talking about Gary and his late wife to Leslie talking about dating Prince to Teresa in her fake birthday suit to the chicken dance to sex jokes in these intro packages. I mean, it really had it all. And again, I think the fact that it was only an hour was huge for the pacing and because it was new, it was something else to to look at, to talk about, to think about, you know, dating older in life. These women have different priorities Gary has different priorities but there still was that competitive spirit there was that I'm judging you as a fellow contestant on this show and I want Gary and I think it honestly really worked I also as I mentioned don't know if it is going to be a something they can replicate because I don't know if these stories could get stale but for tonight this week it felt fresh to me and I really did enjoy it um justice for for Patty Matt James's mom she didn't get much screen time and didn't get a rose which was really surprising you think they would have kept her around a little longer to milk the Matt James connection but they didn't so you know I I, I Gary had his reasons um the teaser looks so good I mean, you have Gary kind of saying things that other bachelors say. He's he's done. He's stressed about it. He can't believe he's falling in love. I asked him about falling in love with more than one person. You will hear his answer to that question. I did do a bachelor draft with my friends, and I drafted Edith, Kathy, Jeannie, and April. They weren't major factors night one, but maybe you know they're going to be. They're going to come out of the woodwork. Um, we did see Faith get the first impression rose which I did not necessarily see coming um and we saw that connection with Teresa we saw you know the one in her birthday suit who claimed that she has not kissed a man in seven years she seemed quite comfortable going in for the kiss with 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 our guy Gary there um Teresa is from New Jersey and I may or may not have know someone who knows someone who knows someone and I know she practiced her, her pickleball before she got there so That's my inside scoop on the Golden Bachelor people. Um, Truly, I thought it was really fun. But without further ado, here is my chat with Gary. Let's jump right in, if that's cool with you. Sure. All right. Um, One, congratulations on being the Golden Bachelor and also on being one of Us Weekly's reality stars of the year before the show has even come out. We're just so excited for you. Well, thanks very much. That sounds pretty fantastic. It is very fantastic. So I have to ask you, um, what did you expect going in to filming the show? And was the process of filming your journey what you thought it would be? Well, certainly my expectations weren't what has turned out to be. Uh, This is a lot bigger than what I expected. 
And uh, my expectations going into the show, however, um, it ran pretty close to what I thought it would be. Um, I guess the biggest surprise was having to give up a lot of my uh, personal freedoms, uh, you know, have somebody completely write my schedule for me and, and do so much. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was uh, pretty much what I expected. Did you feel pressure being the first Golden Bachelor? I feel like there's a lot of hype around this show and around you and around the franchise right now. Do you, did you feel pressure? I, I did feel that a little bit. Um, I think uh, anyone who has a competitive nature uh, wants to do well, wants to do as good as they possibly can do. And so that was the thought I had. Uh, it wasn't so much nervousness or anything else, but I really was trying to push myself to do the best I could possibly do in every situation. Did you have any hesitations about accepting this opportunity? And did any of those fears or hesitations come back during the process? <clears throat> Well, I, I had some hesitation when I got a call back in February. My situation had changed, and I had really great friends. I had a good circle uh, socially. Uh, I felt like my needs were being met. So originally in that call, I said, no, I don't think I'm interested any longer. And uh, the producers were very persuasive and uh, convinced me that it was something that I should do. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. Uh, very happy. So I have no regrets whatsoever. What's a piece of advice you would give yourself day one of filming when you were waiting for those limo entrances? What would you tell Gary from a month ago? Yeah, I've, I've kind of asked myself that question. And, and I think really uh, what it would be is surrender yourself to the process. Don't wait a few days. Don't wait a week. Do it tonight. Do it right now. And life will be easier. <laughs> Did you get any good advice from Jesse Palmer? And what was it like getting advice from him? Because obviously he was a bachelor. He's a host. He's a little younger. He did it when he was younger. Did you guys talk about that? Through the course of the journey, Jesse and I exchanged ideas a number of times. Uh, I think because of the generational difference, we were looking at things from a different perspective. Um, but one of the things that Jesse told me early on uh, when I found myself frustrated or in a difficult situation, you know, he said, just pick your battles. Just pick the spots where you really feel like you need to stand up for yourself. When you give away too much of yourself, rein it in and, and uh, dig in your heels and stand, make your stand. So Ooh, I like that. it was good advice too. That's good advice. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing, that Jesse Palmer. Um, I what, think he what, does. what was your approach with getting to know the women? Were you looking for, to connect over past relationship and marriages? Were you only focusing on what the future would look like? And what, were you, what was your main like, question that you were looking to get answered from, from these women when you were meeting them? Um, so... Uh, it wasn't so much a specific question that I was looking to get answered, but more a reaction from them, a look in their eye, uh, the feeling of connection and warmth. And as far as uh, looking back on their history or my history, I, I really didn't do that too much. I was much more interested in finding out how they wanted to go forward 
what they wanted to do in the future and if it was compatible with what I wanted to do, uh, those kind of things. I know you said in interviews before that you know your, your late wife would be really excited for you about this opportunity. Now that you've done it and you filmed it, you still feel good about that? Would she be excited about it? I think now I would uh, say that she would even be more excited about it. Um, having gone through the process, having it come to a good conclusion for me, um, I think she would realize that our conversations over the years about wanting each other to find happiness uh, would be more meaningful. That's, I love that. I'm ex that's, that's great to hear. Um, historically, we have some bachelors, especially in recent history, who've gotten in a little bit of trouble for maybe falling in love with more than one person and telling them. Um, going into it, did you think it was possible to potentially fall in love with more than one woman? And, and did that happen? Yeah, so I thought, no, that's absolutely not possible. That just, you know, that's silly how wrong I was. Um, okay. Because <laughs> through the course of the journey, um, I really felt strong feelings for um, several of the women. Uh, and, and in retrospect, I realized that in that particular moment, uh, whenever it was, the setting was such that, yeah, it was easy to look at someone and, and tell them that you loved them. Uh, but once you get through it all and you look back, then you realize that, you know, there is just really one person uh, that really meets the standard in all situations that you want it to be. Nicely said, Gary. Some of those younger bachelors might have needed your advice. <laughs> Did you have rules for yourself on whether you were going to use words like, I'm in love with you, I'm falling in love with you? I know sometimes it's hard to stick to those, but sometimes it's helpful to, to keep that till the end. <laughs> yeah, I had a few rules, but, you know, I was, I was breaking them all. That was the problem. So I decided I would stop. Um, I, I think the first thing I failed at was... Uh, you know, I told my daughters and my granddaughters, they were worried that I was going to be that guy that was kissing everybody on the first night. And um, I says, nope, I'm not going to kiss anyone on the first night. You're not going to see that. Maybe not even, you know, as we get into it. Well, as, as you will see, I failed uh, on the very first night. Um, but I don't feel bad about it at all. I mean, uh, and, and as time went on, it, many of those uh, kisses were of affection. Uh, you know, I really wanted to be supportive of all the women. I wanted them to feel good about themselves. And uh, yeah, I have no regrets. Good. What was the conversation with your daughters and granddaughters like about the fantasy suite? I'm sure you've gotten that before. I'm sure everyone's asking you about the fantasy suite of it all. Yeah. yeah, they would always raise their eyebrows and talk in a more hushed tone when they brought up the fantasy suites. And, and the reality is I, I kept trying to explain to them that as you get older, uh, the priorities for a, a, a situation like that are more intellectual, more emotional rather than physical. And indeed, it, it, it did turn out to be exactly that. Uh, you know, having the fantasy suites, I... Absolutely no regrets. I was happy how it turned out. Uh, being able to have a conversation off camera was critically important. Yeah. 
Um, historically, The Bachelor also loves loves an engagement. We love a Neil Lane ring. Um, for you, how important was an engagement or is marriage in general versus just finding a partner? Like, where do you fall on that line? Yeah, that's a good question. That process has started or, or did start several years ago. As I was dating, I was looking for the person that I would spend the rest of my life with, um, regardless of the label. And as I got closer and closer to uh, the process started in the show, I, I really kind of came to realize that I did indeed want to be married, uh, that I wanted that commitment, that two-way street. And uh, so as I got into the show, uh, that was my objective. Uh, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, I mean, as much as The Bachelor is about love and an engagement or finding your person, there's usually a little bit of drama. Did you have to referee any drama, Gary? Were you nervous about that? Did it happen? So um, there was a, what I would consider an insignificant amount of drama. Uh, nothing like uh, what is seen in some of the uh, other seasons with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, I think really the people that were involved uh, were just simply speaking a different language. Uh, you know, they, they weren't quite on the same plane. And as far as me refereeing, uh, you know, that's not a problem. I, uh, my second career was in mediation. So uh, getting people to talk to each other and find agreement uh, is one of the things that I was sort of trained to do. Well, thank you so much for the time, Gary. I'm so, so excited to watch the show. Um, and everyone at Us Weekly has been talking about you since that Good Morning, Good Morning America announcement. We're very excited. Well, thank you, Sarah. And I hope you enjoy it. And uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. I certainly hope so. We will be watching. Thank you again. And thank you to everyone um, for setting this up for us. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Fear for the Right Reasons. I'm so glad to be back and I will be back maybe on different days for the next couple weeks as we try to figure out the schedule with a lot going on in Bachelor Nation and a lot going on over at Us Weekly. But if you ever need me, you can find me at Sarah Heron on Instagram. Go to usmagazine.com for more and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. <laughs>